It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter, Eric Talkstros. You can find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can they find you at? They can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter and at Stros411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Stros. All right, so happy Election Day. I'm sure some of y'all are going to be listening to this podcast while you're waiting uh, to go do your civic duty and go vote uh, for whoever. We don't care. We're not doing political here, but uh, just get out there and vote and just have your voice heard. And while you're doing it, listen to the Locked on Astros podcast because we're going to be talking about voting. We had some fans vote. We're also going to be talking about the uh, the awards came out. Remember last year when Astros won a whole bunch of awards? Uh, the individual players, not quite so much this year. So we'll talk about that later. But you can get Locked On to Astros on podcast and app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in the car, tell your smart device to play the podcast, Locked On Astros. Okay, so Brett, I know you have uh, you want to do a whole election theme type thing uh, today. So let's kind of talk a little bit about um, something that's going to be going to the vote, which is uh, the Rookie of the Year. And a personal favorite of mine was actually nominated as a finalist for the AL Rookie of the Year. So in a year where the Astros finished below 500, and uh, yes, they almost made it to the World Series, not quite there, but uh, there was one rookie that shined. And uh, this was the probably, he wasn't the Astros' best pitcher. That was, of course, Farmer Valdez. But he was like one of the Astros' reliable pitchers over the years, and that's Christian Javier. I was oh, I thought you were going to... I thought you were going to say Sice Need. No, that's your guy. No, that's Brooks Raley. I'm so silly. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Javier went 5-2 and two this year with a 3.48 ERA. He had a 0.99 whip in 12 appearances. He did make two starts. Uh, he had a uh, 188 opponent's batting average. And he also uh, led the AL rookies in ERA and was tied for fourth in wins finished second in starts and was fourth in innings and pitched 54 and one thirds innings. And he had 54 strikeouts. So overall, this was a great season by Christian Javier, but unfortunately he's facing some pretty uh, rough competition in terms of Kyle Lewis, who I thought was an early AL um, mean, basically he dominated early and then Lewis Robert. So um, I think that Christian Javier is probably not going to win. But those other two guys are pretty good. But what are, you, what, are you, um, what are your thoughts about Christian Javier even being on this list? And who do you think wins that ultimately? I mean, I don't know. I think Christian Javier has a really strong chance. I was just going back. Um, MLB has this really cool thing. Now it's called the it's called the like the real room or something where you basically you or no, it's called film room where you can make like your own clips. And I made like a little two minute clip of Christian Javier um of his um you know of his highlights and his very first inning I had forgotten was he struck out the side and it was against the Los Angeles Dodgers and it was against Cody Bellinger and it was against Mookie Betts and I forget who the first person was that he struck out 
but it was quite impressive. And Christian Javier, the thing is, he's just got this stuff that when he throws it, it's something about his live arm, about about the ball coming out of his hand. Um, I actually wrote about him early in the year, and he has a he has a thing that they call the invisible, and it's because you know a batter keys in on what they can see coming out of the pitcher's hand, and what he has, what he's throwing, it's hard for the batters to pick up. So he induces a lot of swings and misses. And so, I mean, you know, typically a pitcher wouldn't win it over position players, but I think it's a shortened season um, since he was five and two and you consider where the Astros were below 500. I think he makes a pretty solid case. Um, I would be surprised if he's not first, that he's not second. I don't think he finishes third. Um, Kyle Lewis, didn't Kyle Lewis cool off a little bit towards the end or did yeah. he keep it going? And well, I don't and have the so, stats in front of me, but yeah, I mean, I mean, um, <laughs> well, here's the thing: his WAR is actually equal to the other two players. So if they're going off of things like WAR, they're going off of some of these more newer um, metrics, the way they measure players and how successful they are. He's right there with them. I think it's anybody's race. It just depends on what those voting think. And if they if they're more impressed with a five and two guy on a sub five hundred team, then great. If they're impressed with a guy with the White Sox who who performed super well on the field, and I was actually surprised when they exited as early as they did in the playoffs. Um, I think Robert's your guy. I think Kyle Lewis is your dark horse in the race. I don't know that he wins it, but the fact that he's in there says a lot about him. And the Mariners have a solid player in Kyle Lewis. I think for you know for years to come. Unfortunately, it's happy trails to a couple minor leaguers and a couple guys we actually um, know about. And this is including Nick Tanalu, uh, uh, Jamie Ritchie, Dean Dietz, and Brendan McCurry. I remember when we got Brendan McCurry, uh, everybody's like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be really good for us. And um, they just ran out of um, their minor league free agents now. So maybe they resign, but. I'm pretty sure that um, they're going to go look for elsewhere because Tanalu, as good as he's been, as good as he's shown in during spring training, he just has not been able to put it together and actually make the team at any point. So uh, best best of luck for all those guys. Um, we'll always have that Dean Deet story of what happened in AAA. But um, overall, I think that um, Javier kind of did a great job. And just think about it. He filled in for Justin Verlander. He filled in for Justin Verlander. He was basically took over as soon as that happened. I remember being on the podcast with you. And as soon as we uh, heard that Justin Verlander was out for the year, I was like, you know what? I think that it, this is Christian Javier's time to shine. And he came up and he shined. So um, congratulations to that. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about, um, let's kind of preview our next segment, which is you're kind of talking about the, election day special. So um, why don't you go ahead and set us up for that? Okay. So what I did was um, I looked at a few different categories and I didn't get to get all the categories up um, just because I've got a real job and I can't be doing stuff on the clock. So um, I did Astros MVP for 2020. Um, I did Astros rookie of the year. Uh, actually, I didn't do Astros rookie of the year. I left that one off. I did Astros Cy Young. Um, defensive player and offensive player of the year. So when I took to the MVP, I basically took 
their F war numbers and their B war numbers. Um, and it was, and it was position players. Um, so we had Springer, we had Tucker, we had Brantley and we had Correa. Um, George Springer came out on top because he had a 1.9 F four and a 1.9 B war. And so, um, a, a close second to him would have been Tucker. Um, Tucker actually got 19% of the vote, but Correa got 25% of the vote. He didn't, he had the lowest numbers overall with a 0.9 and a 1.5. But I think Carlos Correa's, a lot of his votes for him being MVP had a lot to do with what he did throughout the season and what really what he did in the postseason. Um, and so I think the fans picked right in picking George Springer, but I can understand why people would want to go with Carlos Correa on that. Now, um, when you look at the Astros 2020 Cy Young based on ERA plus um, the metrics I use when I go to fan graphs and different places like that, um, it basically, if the fans listening don't understand ERA plus, what it is is they set it at a hundred and anything over a hundred is actually really, really good. Um, so the higher number over a hundred you have, like for instance, a relief pitcher like Andre Scrub, who didn't have as many innings, um, he was a relief pitcher, his ERA plus was like 238. And that's like 138 points over 100. But it's disproportionate when you compare because he had a lot fewer innings. So the more innings you get, the lower it goes. So the highest ERA plus was Christian Javier. Um, but the fans voted for the Cy Young. They voted for Ember Valdez. I had for Ember Valdez, he had 126 plus. Lance McCullough Jr. was at 115 plus, And... Zach Grinke was at 111 plus. For Ember Valdez, 86% of the vote went to him um, for the team Cy Young. Now, we know Christian Javier is a nominee for Rookie of the Year. Eric, what do you think about that? Do you think for Ember Valdez um, deserves that vote from the fans? You know, the the um, overall, I guess, Astro Cy Young for 2020? What, what would you say? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, when when he went out there, you felt comfortable with him on the mound. You felt like you, you're going to stay in that game. And we saw what he did in playoffs. And I know you're not supposed to really look at what happened in playoffs, but just remember how many times he went seven innings in those games. And uh, we're like, whoa, who is this guy? And in this season, I know I gave Christian Javier kind of the credit for taking over for Verlander, but we all know that it was really from Valdez kind of stepping up this year to become that ace of staff. I know Zach Greinke wants to have a word with me, and I know that Lance McCullers probably wants to have a word with me with that as well. Those guys are good, but I think with what uh, how consistent from Valdez was this year, you can't argue that, and you can't. Then there's nobody even in bullpen to really say, oh yeah, that guy had a great year uh let's talk about ryan presley uh no that did not happen so yeah he is definitely the uh scion award for the astros um did he finish in the top three no there's other uh pitchers who had a much better year but who knows uh would justin verlander have had the same stats that from Valdez did we'll never know yeah exactly exactly so um so then i went with a defensive mvp and went with an offensive mvp all right, so what I did was I took the defensive MVP and I consider fielding percentage, Eric. I could have gone a whole, bu a whole bunch of different routes. There's a ton of technical stats, but when you start talking about put outs and assists, it's really disproportionate when, when it comes to outfielders versus catchers versus infielders. So I didn't want to get into that. So I just went straight off of fielding percentage. So the top four fielding percentage gloves in the Astros lineup were Yuli Gurriel, Carlos Correa, 
George Springer, Martin Maldonado. George Springer was the only one with a thousand percent um, fielding percentage. But Carlos Correa ran away with this vote from the fans. Thank y'all for voting 72% and a second place finish for Martin Maldonado. Um, actually, Yuli Gurriel got the fewest amount of votes. And um, he's a first so, baseman. They never get credit. He, he is a first baseman. But I mean, for the defensive glove that we know and defensive asset that he is, um, I was surprised he only got 2%. But Carlos Correa runs away with it. And that makes sense because I honestly think. Correa should have been somewhere in the talk for the MVP this year. People may not agree with me on that, but that's just my own personal opinion. Then the other poll, and I, I'll, I'll ask you about this one, um, offensive MVP. Now, Eric, I took OPS plus and slugging percentage. I didn't want to go off home runs. I didn't want to go off average. I wanted to go off something a little different, a little, a little more sexy when it comes to like baseball analytics. So I had Kyle Tucker, I had Michael Brantley, George Springer, and Alex Bregman. Hey, you now, forgot Kyle Jose Altuve. You forgot Alex he Bregman. He was not. Okay, What's up? no, I said. I know, I know, I, I said know. Alex. That's a oh, joke. That's I said joke. Alex Bregman. Oh. No, you didn't. I said Alex Bregman. Oh, you did? Okay. Yes, Sorry. I did. All right. I did, yes. You, see, I was you trying to set up my own joke, yeah. <laughs> you were trying to, yeah, you see, see, folks, if you listen long enough. All right, back to like, Eric. <laughs> Eric has selective hearing and I have selective hearing. So anyways, it's all good. I am um, getting hearing aid on Wednesday. Thing. So you're just making fun of me for only hearing certain things. So. Nah, but you said it. I didn't. <laughs> well, you said, but, hey, I have man, selective hearing. go ahead. Go ahead. Continue with what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so Springer had an OPS plus of 140 and a slugging percentage of 540, which led the team. Brantley was at 126 OPS plus with a 476 slugging percentage. Tucker was at 123 OPS plus, the 521 slugging percentage. And the last one, Bregman was at 116 OPS plus and the slugging percentage of 451. Now, Kyle Tucker led in two or three of the categories for the Astros um, offensively. Tucker actually led in RBIs and he led in hits. Springer's led, Springer led in home runs, OPS and OPS plus. And when you look at the vote, I think it's accurate. George Springer um, walks away with the Offensive Player of the Year from the fans. Um, Kyle Tucker comes in second with 27% of the vote. Brantley with 12%, the only 300 hitter. And then Bregman squeaks in with 3% of the vote. So the fans voted George Springer. Now, Eric, would you think that's accurate? Because I know Kyle Tucker kind of had a breakout year offensively. Um, do you uh, agree with that? I mean, statistically or – do you think Tucker can make a case if he if he has a good enough argument? Um, I think for comeback player of the year, even though he didn't really come back from an injury or anything, but uh, he was he. This is um, this is Kyle Tucker. Everybody kind of expected, uh, but I think that everybody just was voting for George Springer because maybe if he wins this, he'll stay in Houston and everything. <laughs> I yes, mean, that's, we, that's we are sending him the results. Yes, and so if he wins, he'll stay in Houston. That's exactly how it's going to work. Speaking of which, what do I do with that? My Springer picture, if he oh, dude, keep it, man. That's oh, I know. dude. He's he. I mean, did you did you? Oh wait, never mind. Those guys stayed in Houston. Um, oh, I have tons of people on my wall who are no longer here, like Dallas. Yeah, Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, yeah, you have the so. Dallas Keuchel jersey. So, I mean, I still – and I haven't hung it up yet, mm -hmm. but I still have my Garrett, my awesome Garrett Cole 16 by 20 
um, autographed picture of him in Astros uniform. It's a, it's a stock picture. It's a beautiful frame picture. And that'll always be something, you know, I mean, I, dude, I have offered to give the guy, make the guy a GoFundMe account and he didn't even say in Houston. So I was going to offer the same to Springer, but I figured since I got shot down with Cole, I mean, you might as well try a different tactic and the, you know, that's simply not going to work. Um, but you know, Eric, we are entering into a new era of Astros baseball. Um, and I know we have several of the quote unquote old guard, but this is really the time. And I like how Grayson said, this is a time for um, Bregman to step up. And I think that we saw Bregman and Correa really step up in leadership roles this year, especially Correa and Correa. What's going to be key for him next year is that he doesn't get lazy, that he, that he, after has a great year, he tends to kind of, he comes into camp overweight or something. He did that one time. And um, after he got married and, you know, he came back and had a rough year and dealt with injuries. So you can find him at H town wheelhouse on Twitter. No, uh, Carlos no I'm just, no, I'm just saying. I'm like going to have to start going tool to Tim and Taylor here. Just kidding. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, it's okay. I mean, here's the thing. I get it, dude. When, when you have these successes in your life and you get comfortable it's kind of a natural reaction. I'm not saying he did it because he didn't care, but I think now because of what he's done with his talking and backing up his talk with his action, I think he is a changed person. I think he is a grown up player and I think he's matured and that's going to bode well for him, especially when he's set up and they are talking about a long-term deal because now more than ever, I see Carlos Correa being in an Astros uniform for a very long time. Especially since it seems like all the signs point towards George Springer kind of leaving. I know that he has 10 days to accept his qualifying offer. Uh, you don't need, he doesn't even need one day. Uh, I think that he already has it in mind that he, it's not that he doesn't like the Astros or anything like that. I just think that it's more the fact that he wants to uh, like, I forgot who said it, be closer to home and, uh, he just wants to change. And so we'll see what happens, but there's still always a chance. I'm not going to say there's not a chance until he says, you know what? I don't want to come back to Houston. When he says that, then I'll go and be like, you know what? There's not a chance. But until then, I'm going to be the internal optimist there and say, there's still a chance, man. Uh, so um, <laughs> let's kind of wrap up the show with saying, yeah, who would have thought that Kyle Tucker would have led the Astros in hits this year with 56? Yeah, I mean, if you would have done a poll beginning year, I mean, nobody would have voted for that for sure. And but Kyle Tucker is just really he he really came out and, um, you know, they always say you need uh, you need to put up or shut up. Uh, He really put up this year and he really came out, silenced all the critics. And I think he is the reason why George Springer is on the way out. And I think especially with how the Astros have handled the George Springer situation, I think they're going to be a little bit more cautious with Carlos Gray. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see maybe extension uh, like before spring training or something like that, if not for five to six years, but like maybe a couple more years, just kind of keep them around. We'll see what happens. But um, other than that, get out, go vote for whoever you want to. We voted for the top Astros players for 2020 season. Now go vote for who do you want in office for the 2020 and next four year uh, season? No, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so you can, yeah. And you can, you can write me in if you want to. Um, 
but I'm a little short on funds, so I haven't had a campaign. Um, H Town Wheelhouse. Uh, I wouldn't mind. You can, I wouldn't mind my address changing. You, you can know? use this as a, um, uh, a as a platform. I could be like, I am locked on the American dream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, get out there, stay safe, go vote, and don't forget to go check out my friend Soli over the Locked On MLB podcast. I'm sure he's talking about um, the Mariners or something because he's in love with the Mariners now and all that. So uh, thanks for listening to Locked On Astros podcast, and we'll talk to you later. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 